to the lightning round. Episode 59 of the Dave Kirshner Lightning Round Podcast. It is week 58 of the 64th Quadrennial Hunger Games, also known as the fraudulently elected and inserted POTUS Jackassery Show. Woohoo! So we got a couple things we're going to talk about. Obviously, we got... Uh, the, the Emergencies Act is still a thing going on in Canada. They're arresting people. They're hauling off trucks. They're threatening to arrest children and pets. They're stealing money and freezing bank accounts. Um, and we've got a, a, three convoys that are going to converge on Washington, D.C. And now they are militarizing Washington, D.C. Uh, to the tune of the... January 6th reactionary uh, display that Pelosi inserted after the, uh, the the violent insurrectionists attempted to overthrow the government, which is bullshit. Uh, so we're going to be talking about truckers in the U.S. and in Canada. We're going to talk about education uh, because the left is still at it, even after uh, they got... A wake-up call in Virginia. They're still they're still at it. The thing that's different now is uh, there's a bigger spotlight being shown on their thuggery and their bullshit. And parents are calling it out, rightly so. And the left is starting to make some noise and complain and. And uh, more and more things are being found out about what actually transpires in a classroom. And then, well, obviously, we're also going to talk about Ukraine. Um, but that's a developing story. There's really not much we can do. We don't have a lot of information right now because um, it just started uh, last night or night before. Um, but I do want to make an announcement. So in episode uh, 60, so next week's midweek preparedness show uh i got permission from uh the survival the survival summit and um i i found some videos I, I because i liked a couple different videos that i had seen about um primitive camping and skills and then some so similar uh producers of that type of content show up in my feed and I can either like them or pass them by. Um, but one that piqued my interest and caught my attention was a series of, of videos. They also have a YouTube channel if you want to go watch it there. But so, so starting next Wednesday, I don't know how long it's going to take me because there's like nine or eight, like three minute videos. But what they did is they produced a series of, or, or they, they produced an episode about what, um, what to expect, um, and what you might encounter as you're trying to get home after an EMP. And I figured since my book series dealt with this very topic in, in part three of the five part series, I thought it might be interesting to compare and contrast what I wrote based on the research that I did and and kind of projecting what I think might happen and how certain events and, and details might play out. And that's what I wrote. So I'm, I'm curious to see how it aligns or differs from what um, uh, Survival Summit Productions has put out. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. So so tune in on Wednesday next week for for episode sixty when it drops, and um, and and follow along and see see how much we are alike or how much we differ in our approach and understanding in terms of what you're going to need to get from A to B after an EMP is. 
has befallen our great nation. Okay, so first up, Ukraine. Russia has invaded Ukraine. Rockets are flying, helicopters are flying, planes are flying, people are getting shot. The Ukrainian government is actually handing out weapons to civilians to fight back the scourge of the Soviet army. I don't know about you, but if the government's handing out weapons, things are not good. But in this country, they wouldn't need to hand out weapons. <laughs> Just saying. Anyway, I just read a report that for some reason, and, and they haven't said why, but I'm assuming it's for control and power purposes, the Soviet army went straight to Chernobyl, nuclear power plant. I, I don't think the country of Russia is at a loss for nuclear material, but to go straight to the Chernobyl nuclear power plant makes me think it's part of their, quote, shock and awe type of, of approach uh, because everything right now is an air campaign. They've got a few troops that are coming in on the ground and some troops have been killed. Um, but why would you go straight to the power plant? Well, if you want to keep the population in line, start controlling all of the resources that they need and have become dependent on, like electricity and gas and oil and water. So going to Chernobyl is not that uh, not that unexpected, but I am surprised that it was near the top of their list for things to go do. Um, so we don't really know what's going on over there yet. Um, there's a lot of uh, conflicting stories. Um, but I'll tell you what, right? So I read an article, so you wouldn't have to, that all of this stuff, the, the reason why Putin and Russia did not invade Ukraine when Trump was president was because Trump was in Putin's pocket. Trump was a Russian puppet. They literally dusted off and pulled Russia, 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 out of the mothballs because they can't fathom that Biden is that big of a screw-up. They're literally blaming Trump for forestalling Putin for four years because he was Trump, he was Putin's puppet, so he just waited until Trump wasn't in office and then said, oh, well, you know, my guy's not there. Let me go saber-rattle. No, that's not what happened, okay? There were multiple facets going on here with Ukraine. One, this smells an awful lot like Gulf War II where W went in to go finish Herbert Walker's business over in the Middle East, okay? So now you've got all of the Ukraine crap, Burisma and Biden's meth-addicted son, Hunter, and all of that shit that was taking place during eight years of Barry Bummer, and then the public finds out about this stuff, they impeached Trump for trying to get more information on it, which was a 100% legitimate call, by the way, in my opinion, and a non-impeachable offense. But, so you've got all this shit going on in Ukraine, and it's tied to the Biden family. Is it any wonder that Ukraine is now being sought after by the U.S. government and trying to be propped up. And, and like, Biden's going to come in like a white knight and come to the rescue. No, he can't even get in a damn saddle. The guy doesn't know what's going on. And, oh, by the way, the president's doctor is actually insisting that he take a cognitive test because he's damn near incoherent. That's the rumor mill. That's what I saw online. And you know, everything you see online is 100% true and factual. <laughs> Said no one ever. But I saw it, so I thought I'd relay it. But the fact that Biden is so immersed in Ukrainian politics, it's not a, it's not a shock that there's a problem in Ukraine right now. And 
it would not shock me in the least if wherever those records may be that prove collusion between the Biden family um, and the Ukrainian oil and gas industry and government, it would not surprise me if those records are suddenly now destroyed. But see, here's the problem. Even if you take Hunter Biden out of the equation, and the reason, and, and if you think about this holistically, why did Putin go into Ukraine? Why did Putin go into Crimea? Because they knew that, so when they took Crimea, NATO was disorganized, people weren't paying their bills, Barry Obama was in charge, he was in the middle of his apology tour. He's not going to do anything. He's too busy spreading the lie about how the United States is systemically racist and we're colonizers and we're globalists and we're shoving our way of life down everybody else's throat. He was too busy doing all of that and spouting all that shit that Putin knew he wasn't going to do a damn thing. He drew his magical red line in the sand and Putin said, oh, look, why don't you run a tank over that because that's in my way. Took Crimea, Crimea anyway. So he knew the U.S. Was in, the, the U.S. had already broken a promise to Ukraine. Then Trump comes in, shocks the world, wins the election, sends Hillary to the woods with a case of Chardonnay. Great. It was a big movement. A lot of nationalist um, uh, candidates won. They were tired of the EU bullshit. They were tired of the apology tour. Uh, they were tired of progressive policies pushing us closer and closer to socialism. So Trump's president for four years. And what does he do during those four years? Well, if you were paying attention, he was literally siphoning money out of Soviet banks in the way of energy independence. Trump ramped up our oil and gas industry and made this country for the first time in its history, energy independent to the point where we were making money hand over fist exporting oil and gas. What did that do to Russia? Well, Europe was no longer beholden to Russia and the pipelines bringing Russian oil and gas into these European countries, specifically Germany. Germany is a big consumer. So is Great Britain. It's a freaking island. Okay? So you have Trump do that. What is one of the first things that Biden does when he becomes president? Other than the, the big picture, reverse all things Trump, orange man, bad. No. The first thing that he did was shut down the Keystone Pipeline. The first thing he did was to hurt our own country and make us energy dependent again. Why? That's a great question. I don't have the answer to it, but that is a great question. Why would he go out of his way to hurt a sector of the economy that was making the country money hand over fist and making us wholly independent of whatever the hell OPEC was doing and whatever Russia was doing. And step two was he dropped U.S. opposition to the Russian pipeline that was going to feed oil and gas into Europe. So now Russia controls whether or not Europe comes out of winter with the entire population. Because he can literally shut off the oil, shut off the oil and gas pipelines. I don't know what the purpose was behind taking Ukraine. There's a lot of there's a lot of information out there, and over the next days and weeks, I'll be sifting through it. We'll talk about this again, but it just strikes me odd that a country achieves energy independence. And after a change of power, the first thing the new guy does is to kill it. And then within 
14 months or 12 months of him killing our energy independence, another global superpower invades a country because he knows the history of the man in the office as being feckless. I don't... What are they going to do, man? Oh, okay, these Russian oligarchs, they can't bank outside of Russia. What do they give a shit? They're just going to strutter. They're just going to go to another country with a suitcase full of cash. They don't care. I don't see what sanctions are going to do. But again, a lot of information is still coming out. We don't know exactly what the sanctions are, but I just don't see how that how sanctions freaking work. And another problem Joe Biden's got is his approval rating. Every single discernible metric that gauges the success or failure of a presidency says this guy is the worst of 46 presidents. That's why I call it the 46th quadrennial Hunger Games. Quadrennial every four years. We're on number 46. 46 president. Every single metric that gauges success or failure of a presidency shows that not only are 81 million votes in question, but there's a lot of buyer's remorse if that's an actual factual voter count number. He's in the 30s for foreign policy and the economy. Um, overall, he's down to 39, 38, 40%, somewhere in that, that two percentage piece window. And it's just, there's, and then for the love of all things holy, he sends cackling comrade Kamala to Europe to try and defuse this. And the first thing she does is she comes out and gives a damn near incoherent answer to a reporter's question about how these sanctions are going to work. And, well, we're open, but, you know, there's an opening. And so we're going to be open to that. And and while there's an opening, um, you know, we'll be sure to try and open that. I mean, that's basically paraphrasing about what she said. That's it. Just an idiot. I just, ugh. I can't even talk about those two idiots any longer. All right. Uh, so now we're going to talk about the uh, Canadian truckers and the American truckers. So here are um, here are two videos, and then we'll come back and talk about it. This land is your land. This land is my land. From California to the New York Island. From the Redwood Forest. To the Gulf Stream waters This land was made for you and me As I was walking That ribbon of highway I saw above me That endless skyway I saw below that golden valley This land was made for you and me Okay, we're going to do serious TikTok here for all you truckers out there that want to do a convoy in the United States. I'm all for that, but I'm going to tell you a better way. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to burn one dollar worth of diesel fuel. You shut them trucks off. Those people... Once things stop moving into New York City, they only have a three-day supply of goods in New York City. That is a absolute 100% fact. The minute you shut those trucks off, four days later, people will be screaming at their congressmen to get rid of all this bullshit that they're pulling on us worldwide. Everybody could do this. Don't convoy. You guys out in Ottawa, go home, kick it up, have a beer, watch a hockey game. That's all you got to do. Shut them down in a different way. They don't have to arrest you. They don't have to take your license. They don't have to confiscate anything. Confiscate their lives. Okay, so one was pretty patriotic, uh, and, I'm, and I do apologize for those of you that are uh, only listening to this. I mean, you got to hear the, this land is your land. 
uh, song, but there were a lot of graphics that were coming up in the, on the screen as part of that video, um, which were very patriotic and, and things of that nature. and kind of gets your blood going, and you're like, yeah, hell yeah! And then the second one is what I said earlier uh, in episode 458 and maybe 57. But I, hey man, if, if, if the truckers want to go to D.C., and, and basically, with the article I found said that their their plan is to go in and park themselves on the uh, on the Beltway around D.C. Uh, basically, ring the city and pretty much shut it down and keep keep people from being able to get to work. But they leave a lane open for emergency vehicles and things like that, uh, which is a very responsible thing to do. They're not you know taking up arms. They're not trying to storm the Capitol building. Um, they're just pissed off about all these mandates and, and it's not just mask mandates and vax mandates. It's, it's all of it. Every single thing that they have done for two years is just we're the, the American people are basically, they're sick of it. And the only people that still want this kind of shit are the kids that have been indoctrinated that are walking out of classes, you know, chanting, bring back the mask mandates and bring back the masks or whatever they, the hell they were saying. I mean, it's just, it's beyond, it's stupid at this point. And the, I, and I said it in a previous episode, they don't have a leg to stand on when you're going to broadcast a freaking Super Bowl to 112 or 115 million people worldwide in a county of Los Angeles in the state of California and nobody's wearing a mask and there's 80,000 people in there. They did say that Los Angeles is, is relaxing their mask mandates, but I just think it's it's stupid. Okay, we're we're at the point now that people are just like you don't you don't see Karens out there anymore screaming at people and calling them selfish bastards for not wearing a mask in the grocery store. I literally stopped wearing one about two months ago, and I just walk and do whatever I want to do, and. If somebody says something to me and they're polite, so I was more than happy to do it. But DC is gearing up as if Washington DC is about to be invaded by terrorists. And we already know they labeled the peaceful protesters in Ottawa as domestic terrorists. And they're doing the same thing here in, in, in the United States. They're literally waiting for them. They, I don't know why, but for some reason, they announced, we're putting together a convoy, we're going to be in D.C. by March 8th, March 6th. I don't know why they made that announcement, but they did. And now, Washington, D.C. looks like a militarized zone. There's, there's barricades, there's fences, there's roadblocks. All in preparation for these trucks to show up. I have absolutely no hope that this is going to go well. This has shit show train wreck written all over it. But, I understand why they're doing it. But here's the problem. Alright, so we saw what Trudeau was willing to do. He invoked the Emergencies Act, martial law, and started seizing bank accounts and business accounts and taking money and throwing people in jail, literally threw reporters in jail for, for broadcasting and recording what was going on down there in Ottawa. And then once he stole all the money and threw all the organizers and what have you in jail, he was a dictator for 10 days, 10 day dictator. And now he's relinquished his emergencies powers. Um, and, and news reports are coming out that, um, you know, it, it, it basically, he invoked them because um, they blocked the bridge to Canada, uh, from Canada to the U.S. Uh, so now it was becoming an international incident, and they found people with body armor and weapons caches and things of that nature. So his reaction to finding people that were the bad apples was to invoke the Emergencies Act so that not only he could throw those people in a deep, deep dark hole, but now he could 
literally forced the hand of the tow trucking companies that have previously denied the government's request to send tow trucks in to clear the roads. He, he basically threatened them and said, look, Emergencies Act, I will close your business and take your money and throw you in jail if you don't do what I want. Once all of that was done, the streets are back open. He relinquished his, his dictator uh, powers. But, I mean, ugh. I, you think Joe Biden's not going to cross that line and step over that line? Hell yeah, he will, if he can remember how to put his shoes on. That guy needs to be removed, and so does Kamala. And for the love of God, that would leave us with drunk-ass Nancy Pelosi. And that would be even worse. She gets to go from the speaker's gavel to the White House. Ugh! This is a nightmare scenario. Uh, so, that's what's going on in, in Ukraine. That's what's going on with the trucking uh, convoys coming in the U.S. It, I'm telling you guys, we're living, we're living in strange times. So when I end the show and I say, stay safe, stay warm, keep your head on a swivel, I'm not freaking joking. We don't know what the hell's going to happen. I mean, you, you you can't verify it, but you see people posting things on social media, and it's literally, you know, a hundred car train, and on each one of the 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 what do they call them the the flatbeds on the train, it's military vehicles, it's tanks. Well, what the hell do they think these truckers are going to show up with? Do you think they're towing howitzers? What the hell? We are living in strange times, and if enough mistakes are made and wrong steps are made, we're going to go from living in strange times to living in dark times, and I don't know where we're going to end after that. So stay safe, stay warm, keep your head on a swivel, you know? All right, we're going to take a break. And um, we'll be back. And now we pause for some shameless self-promotion. If you like post-apocalyptic, dystopian, and preparedness fiction as much as I like writing it, or you just like the show and are curious as to how creative and fertile my mind can be, then pick up a copy of my five-part fictional series today. In a nutshell, over the course of When Rome Stumbles, Hannibal is at the gates by the dawn's early light, colder weather, and a time for reckoning, I crashed the big ag and financial industries, unleashed some jihadists and the EMP, then spent 20 years trying to evade a socialist dictator. You can get all five parts in electronic format from my overlords on Amazon for 20 bucks. Paperback pricing is set to Amazon minimums based on page count, so I can't help you there, but for the bibliophiles out there, each part of the series averages about 15 bucks. But what if you don't have time to sit and read? Fear not, I've got you covered too. Parts 1 through 4 are currently available in audio format, and Part 5 will be in audio format by summer 2022. <laughs> if, if the narrator doesn't quit before then. Audio pricing is set to Amazon minimums based on recorded finished product length. But I have freebie codes for the audio versions. So, shoot me an email at djkpublishinghouse at gmail.com to get your freebie codes. Don't wait. Go get a copy of each part of this exciting and action-packed series today. You will not be disappointed. And now, back to the show. Alright. Um, so, the last thing I want to talk about is education. Because it was a huge hot-button topic during... Uh, some of the, the gubernatorial races in uh, 2021. I don't know why they did that. Anyway, um, and they have announced what uh, the RNC plans to do in the run-up to the, to the 2022 midterms and what their platform is going to be about. And the, the number one topic was education, which makes sense. It won them a lot of um, favor with parents, um, 
And look, politicians aren't stupid. They saw who was having issues at these school board meetings. Um, and and it, it not even worried about the mask mandates. You put that off to the side. Just what's being taught, how it's being taught, and who's teaching it. Okay? What books are in the library? What, what is deemed appropriate or not? What agenda is being pushed? And the parents started to figure it out, and they pushed back. And the school boards didn't like it. There were three that were recalled out of, I think it was Portland or Seattle, three uber leftists. They got recalled, and it wasn't even close. It wasn't 51-49. It was like 70-30, 75-25 in terms of the recall vote. These three just got booted, right? So here are some videos. I found these. I love putting videos in my podcast. It makes me so happy. Here are some videos that I found so that you can kind of get an idea. So the first one is a school board meeting, and it's been widely circulated and publicized. Basically, this mom went to the school board meeting and, and confronted the head of the school board because they were going to keep the mask mandates, um, but yet her Facebook page was littered with maskless photos of her in large crowds. So here's that video. Senate Bill 739, as you guys probably know, is going to be signed into law very soon. So we're taking the power out of your hands and putting it back with the parents the way it should be. And it's very concerning that you guys would take the power away from the parents. And Ms. Cass, let me just say, point out real fast, when you were saying, introducing the public address comment, you said, this is the time we get to hear from the students, from the staff, and from the community members. You didn't mention parents, not one bit. And I think that's a big issue for Montgomery County because you guys do not like the parents. That's how I feel because you're taking the choice away from the parents and you're trying to take it and put it into your hands for financial reasons. I don't know. You're taking it away from us and we have parents law. So I just wanted to point that out. We sat here last year and listened to you guys preach to us about Governor Northam's executive orders and how we must follow them. You guys remember that? We do. So here's the governor that comes into office, but yet you don't want to follow his orders. Why is that? Why is it different from the last year when we were here to this year? Two different governors, two different political parties. So we were supposed to follow it last year, but not this year. That makes no sense. And it makes all of you a bunch of hypocrites, except for Dana and Jamie. Ms. Cass, you also yelled at me the last time I was here for taking off my mask, but here's a picture of you right here on Facebook with a crowd of people that's it. With no mask on. Uh, this Excuse is my me. time and I don't interrupt no. you. Here's another picture no. with you with a no mask on. I'm sorry, Ms. Vaught, you are done. If you are going to sit there and disparage a member of our school board, then you can sit down. If you have something effective to say, I am not going to sit here. This isn't about you anymore. It's about can we have a police officer, please? Really? Yes. I, no, I'm not scared. I don't care. I would like you to either talk about something, you can talk about something that is, concerns our school board. Is there something about our students you would like to talk about? Then talk about our students. Can you please ask Ms. Vaught to leave? Thank you. No. If you would like to finish about students, but if your idea is to stand there, huh? he should be able to say her piece. I've had to listen to people come and criticize me. People came here and criticized you last year? Absolutely. And I couldn't do anything about it. And publicly, I was humiliated. So people came here and they talked about your mask to your face. They said they showed pictures of your family. They showed pictures of your Yeah, they did worse. That doesn't make it right. No, it doesn't. That doesn't make it right, Jamie. You're right, but I had to say. Those are my, that's my family. That is, uh, then fine. What do you think about our family? I am not. Our family is being suffocated today. I'm done. Time is up. She leaves or I leave. Time is up. Time is up. I'm done. You can't deal with the truth. You don't need to be. No. It's not the truth, but that's not the issue. You can hide my seat. We're coming for them. All of them.
okay, so here's another video. This is this is what I have a problem with. And it's this is a teacher who put this video out. And when you're on a social media app called TikTok, you can do uh, like a split screen. So you'll see the teacher do her little, you know, Che Guevara socialist song and dance. And how, you know, wokeism and how everything is racist and all this shit. And then you get to see the guy actually rebut her. So this one's actually funny, but this is the kind of shit that parents are up against. Here you go. If you don't believe that there's white privilege, please don't teach. If you don't believe that black lives matter, please don't teach. If you don't believe in systemic racism and how it negatively impacts our students of color. If you've been radicalized in college, please don't teach. Because being racist is not practicing what you preach. You'll teach them be less white and other propaganda from the gutter. If you're not teaching love for your brother, please don't teach. And this last video is, it's more, uh, it's tongue-in-cheek, it's British, um, it's, it's whoever produced it pointing out the, not the fallacies, but the, The ludicrousness associated with uh, wokeism and and being upset about everything all the time and so this is more tongue-in-cheek but it actually has uh, hallmarks and hints of, of <laughs> damn near 100% truth this is the kind of shit that we see day in and day out whether it's in my professional world in in a white-collar world or in uh, my wife's school district uh, with other teachers and or uh, staff, you know, you know, principals and assistant principals and the superintendent's office and all that other shit. So here's that video on wokeism. Enjoy. This support group is for people who are so woke that they are finding it impossible to have any fun at all. We have somebody new with us this week, so would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, hi, I'm Oscar. Uh, I think like a lot of you guys, for me, it started with the little things. Signing an online petition, going to a march. Well, I mean, before I knew it, I was, I was writing to The Guardian about LGBT representation in the Harry Potter books. Which is shocking, by the way. All right, Lily. We've all read your blog. Don't worry, Oscar. You've come to the right place. All of the young people in this room are ruining their lives by being overly virtuous. That's actually a microaggression to say young people because it carries subconscious bias towards the elderly. Actually, what you're doing is denying agency to the elderly, which is arguably much worse. See, this, this is what I'm talking about. You see, it's a slippery slope. One minute you're carrying a reusable water bottle, fine, and the next minute you're arguing that water is racist. Oh, my God, is water racist? No, no, it's just an example. Right, how did you guys get on with the homework that I set you? Guys isn't an especially inclusive term. Not now, Jamie. By homework, do you mean having to watch that old people sitcom? It's called Friends, Lily, and you were supposed to watch it and enjoy it. Well, I try, but I find it deeply problematic. Why? Well, there's the homophobia, the transphobia, the fatism and the slut-shaming, and could Chandler be any more annoying? You can't go through your 20s worrying about every aspect of everything. You have to pick your battles. And just remember that it doesn't really matter because by the time you hit your 30s, most of you are going to be massively right-wing anyway. Have any of you started to think that maybe poor people don't deserve benefits? No. Well, watch out for that one because that's how it starts. Look, I understand this has all been a bit much for some of you, so let's take five and have a hobnob. I find the word hobnob very phallocentric. Fuck off, Jamie. All right, so I hope you enjoyed that. But I, I, I'm bringing this up because even though we've made strides uh, in in Virginia for the gubernatorial race, uh, in some of these school districts where you know parents are learning more and more, there's a lot of work still left to be done. And I'm pretty passionate about this because I, my, a, my wife is a school teacher, and b, I like being a lifelong learner. Um, and so when my employer sent me back to school for environmental science, I knew because I was going into that, um, uh, that subject area, I knew environmental science just screams leftists. But for me, as an avid hunter and conservationist, conservationist, I was able to bring to them a 
right-leaning perspective when it comes to environmental science and says, look, I understand that there are risks associated with drilling, with fracking, with pipelines. However, certain mitigating stances can be done to help alleviate some of those risks. And for me, as a hunter, and the room, the girls in that room, the young women, <gasps> you're a hunter? Yeah. If I can catch it, I'm going to shoot it and eat it. I'm not just throwing it away. Why, 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 why would I waste my time hunting it? I'm not some sort of sociopath that enjoys just killing shit. But I digress. And I explained to them the, the premise behind Ducks Unlimited. Um, I donate money to Ducks Unlimited. I go to their banquets and, and, I, and I enjoy their approach to conservancy. And I explained Ducks Unlimited to them. And they were like, well, I didn't know anything on the right could be associated with environmental science. And I'm like, who do you think does all the work? Who do you think's building pipelines? Do you think that the people out there freezing their asses off on a, on a, on a derrick and drilling on the North Slope, you think they're all out there? wearing beanies and scarves and wishing they had a chai latte and wondering why their skinny jeans aren't keeping them warm? The people that work in the environmental science industry in oil and gas, I would, I would say are 95% Republican. It's the ones that are out there protesting that are on the left. The people doing the work, trying to build an economy and drive uh, capitalism, they're on the right. Anyway, I went back to school. I had a very liberal teacher, and she would make statements, and I would tell her, now, are you presenting your opinion, or are you presenting a fact? Because if you're presenting a fact, I'd like to know what page that's on, because I don't believe that. And I called her out every single time. That's what I love about night classes. You take night classes at a college or university. This one happened to be a junior college here in Columbus. Um, or I'm sorry, a community college. If you're respectful and you're polite, you're usually met with politeness and respect in return. I didn't get up and scream at her and be like, you're a communist, bro! I didn't do that. I said, so to clarify, is that your opinion or is that something that you're quoting from the book? Because I, I, I didn't see that in, in the assignment. And she said, well, well, no, it's not in the book, but, you know, research has set. Well, where, where can I find the research? Because I'd like to read that. You know, I'm, I'm willing to hear other opinions, but that is a trait that does not exist on the left. So I showed you those videos because I found a couple articles that, you know, we still have to keep fighting this, this elitist, leftist bullshit in not only the elementary, middle, and high school levels, but the collegiate levels. And it's becoming more and more pervasive in the business world, in the private sector. I mean, I just, I had to take a training class. It was mandatory. Um, it was called Workplace Harassment. And, and I got pretty fired up a couple episodes ago because why do I have to take a training class to teach me something that I already know, which is to treat people with respect? Just about every single person I know took that class and they were like, well, what was the point of that? Because there are already... I don't know what the number is. I'm just going to say 17 federal laws that are out there that protect every single class of person. Every single characteristic that you could possibly have attributed to yourself is already protected. Your age, your gender, your nationality, your place of birth. All of it. Every single thing that you can think of as being a defining characteristic about you. I'm actually in a different category now because I'm over 40. So I, I, I could become the victim of ageism. 
Really? It's the craziest shit. But I found uh, two, three articles. Uh, the first one here is uh, an article dealing with uh, Minnesota Middle School. And the premise behind the article is that parents found out that um, the students were being given tips on how to take part in BLM protests. The white students were told not to speak during the presentation. Um, the guide stated, especially if you're white, if they're offering the megaphone for anyone to speak, it's not for you. So the left is all about do as I say, not as I do, because they want all of these gender-specific classes, all of these skin color specific classes they want them all separated they want everybody in their own box and they want you to stay in that box all the time but all of those boxes are turned and aimed at caucasians at white people oh look at him look at her they're privileged they're elitist they're colonizers they're breeders and if you say anything in return you're racist you're a xenophobe. I didn't say anything other than your premise is flawed and I don't agree with you. Nazi! That's the kind of shit our kids are growing up with. And I applaud any family that is willing to make the sacrifice so that one parent can stay home if it's a two-parent family that's working, both parents working, that one of them stays home and does uh, their schooling at home or home homeschooling or whatever you want to call it just to protect your children from having to deal with these freaking heretics that just justice page middle school um, t they, they put out an article that was titled protest tips and etiquette seriously then you have an article here from, um, it, uh, it's titled, Binghamton University slaps down professors' progressive stacking section of syllabus for non-white folks. I, and I'm going to read you what it says. Um, a copy of the syllabus states that the professor practices progressive stacking during classroom discussions, adding that Non-white folks are given priority for being called on. This was for a class titled Social Change Introduction to Sociology. And it was being taught by Professor Anna Maria Candela. Her syllabus went on to say, This means that we try to give priority to non-white folks, to women, and to shy and quiet people who rarely raise their hands. It also means that if you are white, male, or someone privileged by the racial and gender structures of your society to have your voice easily voiced and heard, we will often ask you to hold off on your questions or comments to give others priority and we'll come back to you a bit later or at another time. This is the shit I'm talking about. They literally wrote it down. This gender studies i'm sure she's got a degree in gender studies it, it, it just unfreaking believable and then finally we have new york magazine reporter compares gop push for parental rights to advocating for household tyrants the uh, reporter sarah jones Criticized Republicans' push for parental rights and education as authoritarianism. So basically what they have done is admitted that we caught them and they don't like it. They want to be 100% in charge of whatever is being taught and they don't want parents to even know anything about it. And if they do, keep your mouth shut, don't raise any questions, don't raise your hand, don't talk. It's this kind of shit. 
It's this kind of shit that is ruining our country. And God willing, in 2022 and 2024, we can run all of these little bastards out of town and the, apparent, the parents can be in charge again. Because I'm sick of this. I'm sick of finding out more and more stuff on these things. It just... It really fires me up. So, all right, that's the show. We're going to learn more about Ukraine in the coming days and weeks, so we'll talk about that again. Um, but remember, I got uh, I, I reached out to uh, the Survival Summit folks, and they gave me permission to uh, to present their uh, their their videos uh, during my podcast. Um, they said, you know, we don't have an issue with it as long as it's clearly mentioned that it's a Survival Summit production. So I will put that out there uh, liberally. Um, okay, folks. Be good. Stay safe. Keep your head on a freaking swivel. Because Lord knows what's coming. Kind of glad I work from home. I don't have to go downtown because I don't know what I'd find if I went down there. Who knows what they're protesting these days. But I do. All I gotta do is talk to my neighbor. She'll tell me. She's crazy with the wokeism. All right. Be good. I'm out. Happy Hunger Games, and may the odds be ever in your favor. Mm-hmm.